Alrighty, everybody. Good morning. It's Guru and Wiz Fantasy Football Podcast. Been a little bit whiz. The draft is done. The schedule has been released, and uh, we got less than four months for the NFL regular season start. Good morning, Wiz. Yeah, good morning to you as well. And uh, it, uh, you know, it's getting uh, to that exciting time where you know you start thinking about OTAs, and uh, as it gets uh, into the summer, and uh, starts making you think about. Uh, the NFL season for those that really haven't been ready. I know you and I have, but uh, yeah, it was uh, fun to see the schedule come out uh, on Thursday night. Uh, interesting situation. Uh, I know in the fantasy football community, uh, probably some groans at six teams having a bye week in week 14, which is a crucial week. Um, all leagues really should be using weeks 15, 16, and 17 as the playoffs now, but still, Week 14 is kind of a crucial week. A lot of make-or-break weeks for you know, with the, for a bunch of teams to get in the playoffs. And uh, having six teams off <laughs> can uh, quite, uh, create uh, you know quite a uh, you know a headache there. So uh, that's interesting. Uh, is one of the things that I noted from the schedule. Yeah, and I and I think you know when we look at it, um, to your point, it's not like. It's the start of the playoffs, but there is jostling for positioning into the playoffs. There are, like you said, uh, who's trying to make the playoffs. And, and, you know, some key players, some key players will will, will not be playing. And, uh, you know, adjustments are going to have to be made. Let, let me ask you on that, like we look at Aaron Rodgers, uh, Kamara is another player that comes to mind um, who's going to be off uh, that week. Um, it's uh, the Colts, Jonathan Taylor, Washington would be Terry McLaurin. You know, Chicago, somebody like Montgomery, Atlanta, not really a lot of pieces there at the moment. You know, it's kind of hard to decide. Um, but do you think going into the drafts that, that they're, if it's an auction draft or, or a snake draft, do you think maybe some adjustments will be made in terms of valuing uh, some of those players? Yeah, I don't really, you know, I, I think I think it's kind of baked into the cake, Uh already and you know um it's not gonna <laughs> concern me or stop me from drafting a jonathan taylor or aaron Rodgers or kamara i mean there may be other mitigating factors some of those players which would make me shy away but not the um not not, not where their bye week is situated there are pros and cons to everything and uh it's just difficult to have a, you know, your player play so many weeks of football without a break. Uh, so having a bye week late in the schedule uh, is, uh, you know, just, it just makes for uh, interesting discussion and uh, certainly thought process uh, at the draft as well. Yeah, there was a lot of, there was a lot of intricacies to the schedule. Um, CBS, uh, CBS Sports had an, had an article on this, some of the, wacky things that uh, occurred within the schedule that, you know, we kind of haven't seen in a long time. For example, there are four teams in the NFL this year that have three consecutive games on the road. Uh, You and I both know playing football on the road can be a little bit more challenging. That's the Packers, the Dolphins, the Eagles, and the Chiefs. I thought that was quite interesting. You talked about the Week 14 buys. Um, We've made note about the AFC West, about what type of a conference division that's going to be this year in the AFC. And sure enough, the teams in the AFC West are going to make, as it stands right now, because the schedule is flexible, 19 primetime uh, appearances in 2022. 
So I thought that was kind of interesting. Uh, a team that you and I have been touting, the Detroit Lions, aside from their Thanksgiving game, they get no primetime game. I think that gives a, a team a little bit, even more initiative, I think. Uh, that's a team that I believe has has upside this year. And I thought a crazy, this was a crazy one for the Houston Texans. The Houston Texans, are the. If, I think it's the first time this happened in the, in the history of schedule making. Three times this year, they will face teams that are coming off a of bye week, which is for a team that's not good um, and playing a team with an extra week of rest. Those are those are those are challenging circumstances. Um, last thing was, I, I thought the Chiefs' schedule was kind of interesting uh, in that they start the season, uh, their first team in NFL history to start open a season with eight straight games against teams that finished above 500 the prior season. Uh, and and they don't finish easily easily. I think five out of the last eight games are on the road. So just some interesting quirks on the schedule. Yeah, I saw that about Kansas City. And, and when it came to the Texans, I bet you the schedule makers looked at that and said, uh, boy, we'd like to fix, the, fix this, but, you know, it's not like a playoff team that really is going to have a gripe. It's the Texans, whatever. But uh, one other thing, I think I saw somewhere that this is the first time in NFL scheduling history that this has happened with the Minnesota Vikings play all of their division teams at home in the first five weeks of the season and their division rivals all on their road in the last five weeks of the season. That's wild. Uh, that is, you know, strange way they, you know, bunched up the home games and the road games um, in, in that way. But, uh, yeah, I'm looking at the, the Vikings schedule and it, yeah, it ends with uh, – you know those 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 road games uh, against division teams, but uh, yeah, you know, just it, it's just a great great talk. But look, we we can be honest. Once it gets close to the season and we're really digging into the draft and strategies and thought process, uh, probably not paying too much attention to that anymore. No, and look, we're going to start the season with a great football game. Uh, I think the prime time games to start the season, both Amazon's first game, which Amazon's carrying the Thursday night package now. Uh, that's a terrific game. The first, I think Dallas plays Tampa Bay uh, on the first Sunday night game. So yeah, there's a lot to look forward to. Um, and by the way, Wiz, your Vikings and my Giants will be playing on Thanksgiving Day. We haven't seen that. In the, I can't remember the last time I've seen that. Yeah, and then the uh, opening week, you mentioned the Sunday night. Well, look at these, you know, the three televised games in week one. Right off the bat, you got the Bills and Rams. And you probably have to say right at this moment that would be the favorite uh, from each conference to make the Super Bowl. The, you mentioned the repeat of last year uh, on Sunday Night Football. I think it was the opening Thursday game last week, Tampa Bay on Dallas. And then on the Monday Night game, what an interesting storyline where Russell Wilson goes back at Seattle, Denver at Seattle on Monday Night Week 1. So, um they really hit it off big with the Thursday night, the Sunday night game, and the Monday night football game uh, games in week one for for sure. Yeah, so super excited about that. And as I mentioned, you know, draft's over, so we we kind of have taken inventory uh, about what's transpired, and and I think we're starting to run out of free agents. When I look at the available free agents, so it looks like Jarvis Landry's going to sign uh, with the Saints. Uh, as reported yesterday, we're starting to see a dwindling number of, of players. There's a few aging veterans, I would say, um, on the defensive side of the ball that, that are still free agents. But on the offensive side of the ball, was not a lot of names left. I guess the two most noteworthy guys right now would be Julio Jones and Odell Beckham Jr. I, I don't know 
what your speculation is on either of those players and where they land. It seems like uh, ODB has been connected to the Packers a little bit. Uh, but, you know, aside from that, you know, now we're going to monitor depth charts. Uh, pretty soon these teams are going to be in camp. How the rookies impact how how, how <clears throat> rookies impact uh, the way the depth charts look. Um, I, I look at a team like Miami, who added a fifth running back, and I'm trying to figure out uh, how that's going to look from a fantasy perspective. So there's there's a lot of moving parts. There's, you know, I have opinions, you have opinions on who had a good draft, who didn't have a good draft. Now, let's face it, a lot of speculation when it comes to this. You talked a lot about the draft previously, about the quarterback class not really being one of those elite quarterback classes, and that's the way it played out. There's a few players on uh, receivers were very popular in the first round, and there's a few running backs that land in, landed in some very interesting spots uh, where they're going to potentially have some impact in their first uh, season in the NFL on a, from a fantasy perspective. I know people love to look at the post-draft analysis and give grades out and you know most of it is i i just kind of like look at it and, and and laugh because you know even these the people that put so much time and effort into it when they do their post-draft analysis they'll give a handful of teams an a they'll give a handful of teams between a c and a d maybe and then like 20 of the 32 teams, probably more, get like a, a B plus to a B, B minus. The, the, the real truth of it is these drafts are not going to be known for years, uh, how these players perform, how well they do, uh, the, which players teams took a chance on, how does that work out. So to give a draft analysis right after it's over, it's kind of difficult, and uh, I kind of scoff at it, to be honest with you. Uh, you really have to see how these things play out and what may look like a great draft for someone. You know, in the first year, when you're looking at it overall, after three or four years, you may have a completely different picture and, uh, and, and view other teams as actually having much better draft. So I think you have to take it with a grain of salt. Yeah, and I do agree with you. Look, the teams that are picking in the top 10 that had multiple picks, like the Jets and, and the Giants, they look, they're, they're looking to come out of this draft with a couple of starters, and hopefully that is the case. Um, you and, I think you and I can agree the Jets, you know, on paper right now, the three players that they draft because they moved back into the first round um, again. So their draft, uh, definitely exciting their fan base for sure. Some of those trades that took place on draft day, uh, how it impacts things. One of our favorite players, A.J. Brown, moving to Philadelphia, uh, which I which I would like to hear your opinion on that, knowing the situation that he was in and the situation that he's going to. Um, and an interesting one in Marquise Brown going to Arizona, uh, reuniting with Kyla Murray, and a situation that is made more interesting because of what's happened with DeAndre Hopkins being suspended for six games. Yeah, I think all of that is going to come into play. Um, some, you know, as we as we you know go through this summer here, and we we head into. Um, OTAs and, and, and get ourselves ready, you know, for, for the start of the football season. There are just some of these things that are just so difficult to figure out. Like, how do you try and um, evaluate the skill positions uh, of the Cleveland Browns? I mean, is it going to be Deshaun Watson or is it going to be Jacoby Brissett for most of the year? And the thing is, we definitely don't know that in the middle of May, 
And we may not know that at the beginning of September either. I mean, there just doesn't seem to be any urgency by the NFL, and rightfully so. They're going to let this thing play out. But, you know, it's just, it just situations like that that make, you know, the evaluation process even more difficult than it usually is. And um, one thing about the Eagles, I will say, is that I, I just thought something that – my my favorite quarterback, who I just love, I, I love Carson Strong. I think he, when you watch him play, he's got that Philip Rivers thing going on there. And uh, I just thought it was interesting uh, that he landed on the Eagles. And uh, I know they have Gardner Minshew as well. I'm just wondering if they're kind of like hedging their bets with, uh, with Jalen Hurts a little bit. But, boy, no player. Uh, I took a, a look at this um, – quickly so I may be wrong you may have a different opinion but I can't imagine any quarterback now I know like if you look at Denver the receivers value improved with Russell Wilson there but I don't think of any quarterback whose value skyrocketed you know in terms of valuation more than Jalen Hurts with the addition of A.J. Brown I probably won't disagree with you. We know they have Devontae Smith there from last year, and you know we've kind of mocked Eagles over the last couple of years for uh, mistakes they have made in the drafts when they have let players like DK Metcalf go and Justin Jefferson go to pick, pick up players like J.J. Arcega-Whiteside and Jalen Rager. So uh, the criticism is noteworthy, but uh, I, I'm sure in your eyes he's more than made up for it with the trade of one of the, one of the best receivers in the game. Yeah, but I mean, this coach is, you know, his second year, so I'm not going to marry him to all of the bad picks. Some of them for sure, but not, you know, all of the bad picks uh, that the Eagles have made over the years. But, uh, I, you know, I thought the Eagles um, did well in the draft, and I know people, uh, the, the, you know, for the consensus from what I hear is now the Eagles have, you know, moved to the top of the NFC East and they're the favorites over Dallas and the rest of the uh, and, and the Giants and the Washington Commanders as well. I would say slow down a little bit with that. Um, you know, you know, I, I just look at it and I still think it's a very, very close division. Uh, and I think there were some other good team, you know, teams that did well in the draft quietly, uh, but certainly nobody made the noise that the Eagles did by making that trade for um, AJ Brown. And what's really great, uh, if you're an Eagles fan, is they still have two first-round picks next year yeah. because of that Saints trade. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I, the team that scratched my head the most was, and uh, I'm looking at. Lamar Jackson's situation right now, which is kind of, I, I would say it's a bit nebulous right now in terms of what, how, how the Ravens are going to proceed with this. I thought, by the way, they had a great draft in terms of addressing, we, we talked about draft needs, and they, they really addressed a lot of different needs on, on both the defensive side of the ball and the offensive line, um, and had, on paper, looking to be one of the better drafts out there. But now you look at the skill set positions where, I look at that receiving core at the moment, and I don't know if they're going to make a move for for Julio or Odell Beckham Jr. I don't know, but you know Rashad Bateman, a player that both of us like coming out last year, uh, hurt to start the season, comes in really as a number one receiver. A couple of young guys that uh, who, who were touted coming into drafts in, in Duvernay and, and Prochet, maybe they got an opportunity to make some noise. Um, but you know the, the Ravens have definitely improved themselves in places where they need to, but there's still a lot of question marks about that offense. Yeah, I, I, I understand with that. And uh, 
you know, Mark Andrews, I know you you were asking me last week if you thought, uh, if I thought that, you know, Mark Andrews could be ranked as maybe, you know, close to Kelsey, you know, in terms of tight end one. And the, my immediate instinct was to say, no, nah, I don't think so. But looking at the potential target share, I, I may have to rethink that one. Uh, but it, when I look at the... When I look at the Ravens, what they did at the draft, um, I mentioned over and over and over how it was amazing to watch them get bullied in their games, and I think they realized that as well. And uh, I, I like what they did at the draft, and I know, um, you know, getting getting a, a player, um, you know, like Kyle Hamilton is is one of my favorite players in the draft. But I also thought a perfect play for that Ravens team is Linda Baum. And I think that Baltimore is saying, heck with this, we're going to go back to ground and pound. And uh, the, the question is, you know, when you have your number one and number two running backs coming off bad injuries, are you going to be able to do that? And I know they brought in Mike Davis. Um, yeah, so that. So, yeah, and uh, so – I really haven't heard much about Dobbins and Edwards, um, but you know we'll have to see. We'll have to see how that plays out. But uh, you know, it just looks like you know that that Andrews is going to get a tremendous amount of targets, and and they're looking to just go back to ground and pound. And uh, I really like the Lindebaum pick. I just think he just fits perfectly with what they want to do. And Wiz, let me just ask you. You know, we've talked a lot about. Uh strategies in terms of drafting and how you approach the teams and you know obviously you and I we start very early in the process you know trying to scope out our defenses uh, you know especially uh, as you get later in the season uh, playoff matchups and stuff like that uh, so there's, there's just a lot of moving parts I, I, I don't you know for me a strategy that I've talked about a lot and I, I just keep going to it and I, you know even after I see the moves in the offseason and the drafts and uh, the watering down of the running back position just continues and, and I think I think that's an approach that almost everyone going into their fantasy drafts needs to take into consideration uh, you know I, I know you love a player like Jonathan Taylor as do I uh, I think there are very few players in the Jonathan Taylor category and we've seen this just being bit by the injury bugs that McCaffrey and Barkley have, have done so. I, I, to me, I think we're going to see a pronounced shift in, in running back valuation coming into this year. That's my. I haven't even looked at any, you know, auction value uh, predictions or anything like that. But I, I am preparing to come in and and, and guns guns blazing, uh, going with the lower running back strategy. Yeah, I think there's a real changing of the guard this year. Uh, I think the usual suspects are no longer in consideration, uh, you know, as, as the early, you know, as, as highly ranked running backs and in snake drafts, first round material. And I'm talking about the Ezekiel, Ezekiel Elliott's, the Saquon Barkley's, there has to be some trepidation, even with Christian McCaffrey, a little bit of trepidation with Kamara, not knowing what, what the, you know, how many games he potentially could miss this year. Um, Derek Henry is a player that I've kept my eye on with the amount of carries, not only in the NFL, but the, you know, he, the way Saban used him um, at Alabama, so many carries and he had a foot injury last year. So, uh, a real changing of the guard 
where these young receivers, um, Cooper, you know, Cooper Cup, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, Jalen Waddle. I mean, the, this is the really the, the guys that are ascending and moving into that first and second round of drafts. And I just see a lot of those players. And, you know, I, I didn't even mention the top two receivers in last year's draft who are on different teams, but they're, you know, right up there as well. And Devonte Adams and Tyree kill. So I looked at this and this is the year where I know we've been ahead of the grain, you know, we're talking about this, um, but there's a real changing of the guard, and I just feel um, a lot of those running backs that were just automatically blindly taken in the first round of drafts are not even consideration anymore. And uh, you're getting a lot of these receivers. And uh, to your point, I think that's the way it's going to go for the, uh, you know, certainly uh, the near future. Let me ask you a crazy question. Um we, uh, I'm, there's a player that I'm very curious um, to see how it, it, he falls out because he's he's a running back that's kind of in the situation where there there isn't much left behind him, and he's coming off a season where, if I'm not mistaken, he actually might have led the NFL in touchdowns. Uh, and I'm talking about James Conner. Am, am I crazy to think that a player like James Conner coming into the season? could actually be ranked in the top, you know, a guy that was a afterthought last year coming into drafts could be ranked as a top 10 running back this year. Yeah. I, I don't think, I think with a lot of players, you know, aging injuries, uh, bad seasons, bad situations, um, you know, when you're in that type of offense and, you know, James Conner has been utilized in the passing game, having so many touchdowns and then you remove Edmonds from the equation of, 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 of it getting murky and there's a real clear, clear path there. And I know, you know, they were high on, you know, Benjamin a little bit and County Ingram, they drafted as well. But yeah, I mean, I think to your point, uh, James Conner, um, is, is a player that, you know, he, he just figures to get the lion's share of the carries and that's far and few between in today's NFL. Yeah, 18 touchdowns last year for James Conner, um, you know, kind of out of nowhere. So, uh, and he did agree to a three-year contract. So, yeah, just just lots to ponder. Um, you know, we're just scratching the surface here. Uh, this was just uh, kind of you and I just really catching up on, on a few things on our mind. I, I don't know if you have anything else that's kind of pressing that you wanted to talk about uh, before we uh, sign off, and uh, we'll be back next week as we you know continue to kind of talk about things that are going on. And of course, Wiz will be, we'll be doing preseason. Uh, there are a lot of interesting options. I've already put some bets down on uh, like team wins. You know, we, you know, we know, we know the direction of things and we've talked a lot about that, but we'll be doing a lot in terms of uh, like future bets and things like that for the NFL season. But anything more you wanted to add Wiz? Yeah, I think, I think there's a real opportunity to, as far as wagering goes, and I know we love the weekly, uh, DraftKings, and we like the, the the weekly player props, but there's a real opportunity. Um, I there was one last year, and I you know I hate to use the the term, you know couldn't lose, but I you know I know I gave it out 
on the podcast last year before the season started, and I did place a bet a bet on it was Amari Cooper under thirteen hundred yards. Uh and I just think if you pick and choose and take your time, there is some season prop bets that um I just think are just so easy uh, to win. And just these these season prop bets and some of these draft prop bets, um, I just think are some of the easiest ways to make money. And uh, it's just because the people making the lines on it they they just don't have the data to to make good lines on it. I just that's why I just feel. that's where there's an opportunity. So certainly we love the the weekly prop bets and DraftKings and all of that stuff, the lines and the totals and all of that. But um, the season bets is something for people listening to really uh, take note of because I, I think there's uh, some real opportunities there. Yeah, I couldn't couldn't agree more. And uh, we we both we both did okay on draft night. And uh, yeah, I haven't looked yet for the season totals. So uh, you know, and, and of course we 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 want to see some of the things you know injury wise that comes into play. You know, certain guys getting hurt and how that plays out for the rest of the uh, you know the rest of the the, the opportunities that a player is going to get. Uh, but we have a lot a lot of moving parts still. Um, it was good to catch up on things. Uh, if you uh, aren't subscribed to us yet, please do Guru and Wiz Fantasy Football Podcast. We're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and SoundCloud. Uh, so make sure you're doing that. Uh, good catching up, Wiz. Uh, again, we'll we'll try to do this uh, at this stage of the game where there's not a lot going on. We'll we'll have some random thoughts here and there, and then you know we'll get much more structured as we head into the regular season. You got it. All right, Wiz. Have a good weekend. Later on. Take care.